Christ died for your sins, rose again on the third day, and if you repent and trust in Him, God will forgive your sins. At the moment, you're like a man on the edge of a plane, 10,000 feet up, and he's going to flap his arms to save himself. It's not going to work. He needs to trust the parachute. And at the moment, you say, I'm a good person. I'll be fine on judgment day. No, you won't. You're not good. You're like the rest of us. Trust in Jesus Christ alone. Transfer your trust from yourself to the Savior. I will. Does that make sense? It does. Do you have a Bible at home? Yes. Now, you're not laughing at me anymore. Is that because you're thinking seriously about this? Yes. I appreciate that. You rap for him, yeah, but you just rap and sin true. I tell the truth, so don't get mad when I'm gon' reprehend. That's the death of men, the devil in your head again. It seemed like you just settled in, voluntarily peddled in. Oh, you recognize that this will talk, it's a hundred grand. Yeah, devil tell you lighten up like the color tan. Don't do it. I'ma tell the truth, I don't understand. I don't understand. How you say that you be living for the son of man? He got plans just to take you to another land. But it seems like you got sin in your other hand You be tryna stretch his grace like a rubber band Sooner or later it's gonna break like a rubber band Alright, hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Solomon's Porch. Uh, my name is Josh Lucas and I am so humbled and honored to be able to lead you in this podcast today and my hope and prayer for you today is that you are challenged by today but also that you are encouraged by this episode as well and uh, I am just so excited uh, for this episode today um, but uh, I'm also uh, honestly kind of a little bit discouraged as well because um there's a lot of things that I talk about on this podcast and uh, uh, a lot of things that happen within the church and within the culture that uh, that I don't want to talk about or, or, or feel like, well, this is something I don't need to talk about or I shouldn't have to talk about. But sadly, we need to. Um, and this is very important uh, today. So uh, I hope that uh, that even if you disagree with this or you are quote unquote offended by this, I hope that you will give it an opportunity um, and you will give me uh, some time to uh, explain my position and explain what scripture says about the, uh, the topic at hand. Um, and please just, when you hear this episode and everything, I want you to go home or... <laughs> <laughs> you're not you're probably at home listening to this but uh shut the podcast off when it's over and shut everything off but grab your bible and open it and uh and pray that god will open your eyes to the truth of his word um and not just your opinion of what it should say but actually what it says about um about this topic or even within within your own life um because I think that's what's important is that we need to take the lenses off and the blinders off to our own agendas and our own thoughts on what it should be and look at scripture and, uh, and really let the Bible interpret the Bible, right? Um, so yeah, that's my, that's my hope for today, um, in this episode. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's get right into this. Um, so we're talking today about gender roles, um, gender roles within the home, gender roles within the church, um, and uh, and it's very vitally important that we do talk about this because I personally believe that we are seeing the outcome of failure to recognize gender roles um, in our culture, within our churches, uh, just within our nation as a whole, and even the world. Um, I truly believe that the world has uh, 
has really turned its back on gender roles and have turned towards our own selfish ambitions and our own selfish ways of doing things. And so therefore, that is why we see all the mass hysteria, the mass chaos that is happening around us. Um, um, but I'll get into that a little bit more today. Um, but what am I talking about when I say gender roles? Well, I'm specifically uh, talking about one, the two genders. Right. I mean, God is very clear in this in Scripture that there are only two genders, male and female. He created them, male and female. There are no other genders than than male and female. And what you were assigned at birth, your chromosome, uh, what your chromosome, what your DNA reveals, that is your gender. Um, the whole idea of the transgender movement and the whole idea of that, uh, well, I'm trapped in the wrong body. That's, that's, that's nonsense. That's the devil working within you, trying to get you to turn away from your God-given gender, your God-given role, and to turn you away and turn you towards something that you're not. Um, because uh, as scripture tells us, as, as, as David puts it um, in the book of Psalms, that, uh, that God formed me. He knew me while I was in my mother's womb. He knitted my inward parts together. So you can't tell me that if God knitted you in the womb and he put all your inner parts together and he knew you before you were even born, before you were even conceived, that he made a mistake and thought, oh, well, you know what? This person is not going to be a specific gender. This person is going to be gender fluid. This person's going to be... Um, uh, whatever the, 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 they, them, the, the, it, the, whatever gender, the, I've, there's just so many genders to remember. Um, it's just crazy, but there's only two. So that's what I'm talking about. When I say gender roles, that there are only two, the male and the female father and wife, uh, or father and mother, husband and wife. Um, those are the two that I'm talking about here. Um, so the first thing that we have to establish here with gender roles is the created order, right? So we have to go back to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter two, um, essentially, well, Genesis chapter one also, cause it talks about the cre the creation account. But when he, when God finally, uh, created human beings, how did he create them? Well, he first created them, uh, first with the man, with Adam, he, 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 he created Adam out of the, out of the dust of the ground, right? From dust we came and dust we shall go, right? Um, and he created the man first. And what did he give the assignment to the man? Well, God told the man, you need to take care of the garden. You need to take care of the animals. You need to name them. You need to look after this garden and take care of it, right? But then God being rich in mercy and rich in grace and love recognized and saw that, well, it's not good for man to be alone, which it's not. It's not good for man to be alone. So what did God do? Well, God created the woman out of the rib of the man so that he could have a helpmate, so that he could have a wife to help him in the garden, right? And so that's where uh, women were created um, to be the helpmate of the man, her husband, right? Um, and this is something that needs to be understood too, is that, uh, no way at all does it, does God say that, that the woman is secondary to the man or that the woman like is, uh, is almost like a, a second creation, right? They're both equal, right? They're both equal in the eyes of God. 
So there's not like man is better than woman or woman is better than man. No, they're equal. However, however, there is a specific role that they both need to take. And that is that the man, the husband is the leader of the household, the leader of the world. And therefore the, the woman is the helpmate that helps him and is under the submission of the man. Now we're going to talk about submission too in a little bit. So I want you to stay with me and I want you to bear with me and I want you to hear this um, about this. So that's the created order was that God created everything in a specific order and in a specific perfect balance, right? We have to understand that is that God did not create everything just to create things, right? He had an order. He had a way of doing it so that it stayed in a perfect balance, which is why we see that the world is able to sustain itself, the atmosphere is able to sustain itself, the oceans, the water, the lakes, the rivers, space, everything, the planets, the moons, everything is able to stay and sustain itself because that's the way God created it. God created everything to sustain itself so that he did not have to constantly put his hand in and keep it all going that way. God knew exactly what he was doing when he created the world, created the universe, and when he created people, right? We have to look at it this way. When a person creates um, uh, creates or builds a house, right, uh, do they build it in a way to where they have to constantly come back and fix it? No, they build it in a way so that it will stay upright, it will stay uh, strong, through, you know, years and years and years to come until you have to, you know, fix a couple things here and there, or you have to do certain things to, to, to make sure it's kept up or whatever. But overall, we know that the world has been failing, but God has, has came in and he has fixed the things that we have broken as humans. For instance, the fall right? He made everything perfect. The garden was perfect. Uh, the relationship between Adam and Eve and God was perfect. But with Adam and Eve sinning, that caused the world to go into mass chaos and broke the relationship with God and turned it into something that was not good. And that per that put a curse on the world that now sends it into, into like I said, the mass chaos. But then God had to intervene and he had to send the one into the world to fix it and to sustain it until the second coming, which was essentially Jesus Christ, right? So that's that's what I talk about when I say the created order, and we and that is very vitally important to um, to the world and to us as a society, as a culture, and even as Christians. But before you ask the question about, you know, single motherhood, single fatherhood, you know, widow, widower, you know, stuff like that. I want to get to that in a moment, but let's continue to, uh, uh, to move on. So scripture is very clear on gender roles. We have to understand that, um, is that, uh, is that God is, is very, very clear on this. So the very first thing that, that he said, as I, as I, I talked about already in the garden, he told the man, he gave the man specific instructions that you are to work the garden. And, and even when uh, when uh, the the world was sent into the curse with the fall, um, uh, God even said that now you are going to endure hard labor, right? You are going to endure hard work, and it's going to hurt. You're going to sweat. You're going to be in pain. All these things, right? But you are the one that is going to have to do the work. That is your curse. Your curse is the work that you are doing 
is going to be hard and it's going to be difficult, but you have to be the one to provide for your wife. And then what was the curse of the wife? Well, pain in childbirth, right? That is, that is why childbirth, even though uh, the human body is only able to endure so uh, a certain amount of pain, but women, ironically and beautifully, um, go through, I think it's like 10 times that amount of pain that a human being can withstand, but they do it and they, and majority of the time they survive it. Um, aside, you know, except for the exceptions of, you know, uh, complications in the body of the mother or complications with blood loss or things like that. But those are rare occasions. But overall, majority of the time women are surviving childbirth because God created them that way, right? God created your body to produce babies, right? That he didn't create men's bodies to do that. He created men's bodies to, to be able to withstand six days of work and have to take a rest on the seventh day, which is why we see that God uh, says that you need to work for six days, but then rest on that seventh day. Our bodies are only able to withstand a certain amount of, of, um, of work and stress and, and, um, uh, and tedious activity until we have to rest rest is a very important thing but we also have to find the balance between rest and being lazy right but scripture is 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 ultimately very very clear on this i mean we're going to get to some of it uh a little bit later in the in the end of the episode but um but you see it in uh in first timothy chapter uh, chapter three is it um i got my I got my notes here. So, uh, excuse me, 1 Timothy chapter 2, uh, verse 12, uh, Colossians 3.18, um, uh, Ephesians 5.22-33, which is something that we're going to read today, um, Deuteronomy 22.5, um, Genesis 3.16, um, uh, <coughs> excuse me, um, yeah, it's uh, uh, 1 Corinthians eleven twelve. 12. Uh, you know, different, different passages all throughout Scripture explain about the gender roles of man and woman, right? Um, but also, um, I want to also be very, uh, very clear on this too, is that, you know, I've heard it said that, uh, that you know, thinking this way or seeing specific passages like for instance paul paul was very outspoken about gender roles um <clears throat> even to the point of explaining about women leadership within the church itself um <clears throat> and i've heard it said that paul was a misogynist paul hated women uh someone did something to paul to where um uh to where he, he now hates women but that's just not the case uh in fact paul loved women to the point where he wanted to protect them, which is why he said all these things that he said, um, especially when it came to, uh, you know, head coverings, uh, uh, cutting your hair, things of that sort. Um, because during this day, this day and age, especially in the Roman church and in the Roman, uh, Roman area, um, what the, what the prostitutes were doing was that they were cutting their hair as, a, as essentially like a sign that, oh, I am a prostitute, so please come and, and find me, and I will give you what you want. Um, that was what the prostitutes did, and they even uh, went into the churches, they went into the synagogues, they went all over the place uh, to promote 
that yeah i am a prostitute and you know trying to sell themselves so what paul was trying to say when he says you know don't cut your hair is he wasn't saying to try to control women or try to do anything like that in fact he was actually trying to protect women from from the the evilness of prostitution and he didn't want the 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 the, the christian women in the church to be confused with a prostitute right he wanted them to be holy which means to be set apart from right so don't chase after the things that that the culture or that the certain people were doing because it was trendy or it was cool but instead focus on your relationship with jesus christ and and look at other things that you need to do um but also too uh and we're we're even seeing this today uh, when women and even men were doing things that they weren't supposed to be doing, especially when it came to their gender roles. It started sending the church, the culture around them, society into this mass chaos, which is what we see today. And Paul was trying to establish that order again that God created in the garden in the beginning. But as we know human beings ruined everything so when we take away the gender roles we're taking away the order the order of god the order of of unity essentially um but i want to make something very clear too uh i truly believe and i believe that scripture says this too that women should not be pastors women should not be elders um, women should not be uh leaders within the church um, I mean, First Timothy three twelve is very clear on this. And again, Paul is not opinionated. Paul is not uh, is not just uh, an interpretation issue. Paul has the um, the apostleship and um, uh, the apostleship, and he has the authority to be able to speak. Uh, God inspired him, and God uh, revealed to him what he needed to write. And uh, and from a hermit hermeneutical standpoint this is not an, an issue of context it's not an issue of cultural significance or whatever this is a true commandment of god um that uh that first timothy uh to first uh, timothy 2 12 i do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man rather she is to remain quiet now Again, I know that, that that might sound harsh, but this is not to say that women do not have a voice, right? Um, he's not talking about the fact that uh, that oh, women cannot say anything and women just need to sit in a corner by themselves and reflect on what they did and all that and let the men rule over them, blah, 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 blah. That's not, that's not what Paul is talking about here. What Paul is actually referring to is the fact that women were not made to lead men were created to lead women were created to uh to follow to love and to nurture and um essentially to support and to help the man the husband essentially right um so here's the here's the the the, the beautiful thing about it is that without women our society would crumble right I mean, I, I've heard it said on many different occasions that, oh, men don't need women to survive aside from reproduction. That's not the case. Absolutely not. That is completely, that's completely wrong. That is completely unbiblical. We need women to survive just like women need men to survive. 
we need each other, which is why God said it is not good for man, for mankind, not just man himself, but it's not good for human beings to be alone. We have to understand that. So you have to quit thinking to yourself, like, I don't need a man to be happy. I don't need a woman to be happy. Yes, you do. <laughs> right? Um, and if it's not through a wife or a husband, it's through the church. It's through relationships of some kind. Right? And specifically, not just from the, the, the same sex, from the opposite sex as well. We need each other to to help each other, to learn from each other, um, things like that. But when it comes to ruling, that is not for a woman to do. That is for a man to do because that's what God has established, right? Um, and the other part of this too is that uh, this, the, the, the reality is, is that women in leadership according to isaiah chapter 3 verse 12 women leadership is a clear distinction that god's god's judgment is upon them um in isaiah chapter 3 um uh, isaiah is essentially preaching and, and explaining that that judah and jerusalem are experiencing god's wrath and god's judgment and one of the indications here in isaiah chapter 3 verse 12 is that the 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 women are in leadership over you that women rule over you because let me let me ask you this question as well how many times throughout history have you seen a successful woman leader like and i'm not talking about a movement i'm not talking about like a a, a school or something like that i'm talking about a nation like all the great leaders of a nation all the great kings and all the great generals and all the great uh um uh, leaders in that way how many of them were women none right and i know that you're probably thinking well that's because that was the way of the culture and they should have been given a chance well here's the other question how many of the times where women were in control that it ended badly a lot marie antoinette was is one of them right um um so it's it's it, we have to understand this is that when we go against God's word, when we go against God's created order, when we just, per period, we go against God, period, it's not a good thing. Hence why we have the situation that we're in today. That's what happened in the garden, is that, is that Adam and Eve went against God. Eve was tempted by the devil. Adam did nothing, just sat there and let it happen. And they turned away from God. They turned their backs on God and said, no, I know more than God, or I'm going to be like God. And so I'm going to take of the, the fruit and eat, on the eat from the tree. So when we turn away from God's created order, we get chaos. And that's what we see today. That's why we see that in the, in the justice system, you know, majority of the time inmates are fatherless, you know, or from a single mother home. Right, and this is not to say that that single motherhood is like like you did a bad thing or you're a terrible mom or anything like that. But it's so vitally important for a father to be present within the home because I even know individuals who have fathers in the home, but they still have a discipline problem. But it's because fathers are not being fathers, right? We as fathers need to take our roles very very seriously, right? It's not just like a 
I'm just going to go to work for 12 hours a day and then come home, uh, open up a beer, open up a soda, um, you know, eat the food that my wife gives me or whatever and watch TV or watch sports. No, as soon as you get done with your 12 hour shift, your next shift starts as the father, as the husband, as the leader of the household. And you need to lead it well, because if you don't, then your wife is going to be the one that has to naturally take that role and it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. But here's the beauty of gender roles. The beauty of gender roles. And I, I know that might sound a little weird, but the beauty of it is look at the garden. Look back at the garden. What did God say about his, his creation in the garden even after Adam and Eve were created? It was good, right? But then once he created Adam and Eve, what did he say about Adam and Eve? It was very good. So he uses words that, that, that explains that it was so much better than, than the other creation itself. Better than the birds, better than the trees, better than the fish and the animals, the sky, the moon, the stars, the universe itself. The entire universe itself, human beings, male and female, are more beautiful in the eyes of God than the entire universe isn't that amazing? Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that worth to, to look at it and go, huh, maybe God does know what he's doing. Maybe I should consider this. So that's the beauty of gender roles within, uh, within our society, within our, within our church, right? <clears throat> but here's the next thing. And, uh, and if, uh, if you're still on the fence about this, um, I want you just to think about this. I want you to think about the natural effect. Okay, I've spoken to a lot of different uh, women about the fact that they don't want children. And I tell them, yes, you do. You want to be a mom. They're, no, I don't. I don't want kids. I said, no, you do. How many times have you heard, uh, have you heard uh, someone or post something about a fur baby? Or about how their dog or their cat are their baby? Right? It's because we can't we can't deny and get around our natural feelings and our natural wantings to be a parent. Everybody wants to be a parent in some capacity. At some point of their life, they want to be a mom or a dad. Now, I will say this too, you know, you need uh you need to be you know, you should and need to be married before you start having kids. Um you know, I want to say that point blank. Scripture is very clear on that as well. Um, but, you know, temptations happen, things happen, and I'm, I'm fully aware of that. But, but we need to have an understanding that, uh, that, that we naturally want to have children. We want to be, be parents. And so we need to quit trying to suppress that truth and trying to, um, uh, substitute it for the dog, the cat, the snake, the rat, whatever the case may be, the pet, essentially. Because here's the thing. My wife and I were, were that way. When we first got married, we were like, well, we don't really want kids right now. But then what did we do? We got a dog. We got a dog and we, like when we were, to, oh, I would say to the dog, oh, go to mom, go to mom. She would say, okay, go to dad, go to dad, you know, um, but then we had our first baby. We had our first child. And 
our whole perspective changed. Not to the point of saying that our dog is not a family member or it's not a part of the family or it's not important. Pets are very, very important to a household, I, I think. You know, you, you need to have that responsibility, you need to have that companionship, all that stuff. But it's important to remember that your pet is an animal. But your children, your wife, your husband, your friends, your family, family members, human beings are image bearers of God. They come first. They need to come first. That's another way I think we've, we've really gone away from our created order is that we put animals above human beings. And we just can't do that. We have to remember that image bearers of God come first. Image bearers of God come first. Right? The other part of this too um, is that, uh, that men want to naturally lead. Even if they even if they try to say like, oh, no, I don't want to be the leader. I don't want to be the leader. In some capacity, you do. Maybe it's not you want to be the leader of your school project. Maybe you don't want to be the leader at your work. But in your own home, you want to be the leader. You want to be the one that makes the decisions. You want to be the one that, uh, that essentially um, uh, leads by example, right? And women naturally want to be led, right? Which is why majority of the time you ask a woman, hey, what, where should we go for supper? They go, I don't know, whatever you want. Because naturally women want to be led. That's just a natural occurrence, right? The next thing too is when, uh, when you're in trouble, women, this is a question for you. When you're in trouble, who's the first person that you want to call? Either your husband or your dad right? The man in your life that has been in leadership, authority, um, that is supposed to be protecting you, providing for you, that's the one that you go to. Let's say you don't have a dad or a husband, okay? If you're getting attacked, you're getting mugged in, a, in an alleyway, who do you hope shows up? Probably a big man, right? <laughs> probably probably not a, uh, um, a five foot two, uh, 85 pound girl, right? Um, and this is not to say that there are not women that can defend themselves and can definitely beat up men. I'm not saying that at all, right? It does happen. But from a natural standpoint, who do you want to lead you? It's a man, right? And then when you try to, to suppress that either with you know homosexuality or transgenderism, anything like that, you send your world into chaos, that's why you're so confused. That's why you feel the need to want to do drugs. You feel the need to want to party. You feel the need to want to, you know, do all these things that uh, to try to make yourself believe that you are this gender instead of this one or that you are this way instead of that way.
So here's the call, and I want you to hear this. The call comes from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 through 33. And I want you to hear this final thing. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. The, this mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. <coughs> So, wives, submit to your husbands, meaning meaning what? What does submission mean? It means that you you trust your husband. You trust that the decisions that he makes, the things that he does are going to lead you in the right way, even if you don't agree with them. But that also doesn't mean that you can't have discussions with your spouse. Husbands, that's part of loving your wife, is to listen to your wife. Listen to the, 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 the pleas that she makes. Listen to the calls that she makes. You know, it's the same. That's why Paul right here explains it just as it's like Christ with the church, right? We make requests to, to, to God all the time, right? But we have to understand too that sometimes the answer is going to be no, right? And it's not no because God hates us or God is a bully. It's because God is looking out for us. So husbands, you need to take this role seriously and not as a way to control your wife, but because you love your wife, you love your children, and you want the best for them. So so when you're making these decisions or you're asking for input for your wife, or you're having these discussions, listen to your wife intently. And even if she's making good points and even if she disagrees with you and everything else, respect that and say, that's actually a really good point. And then follow that, right? L listen to that and then discern for it yourself. But above everything else, pray together. Pray together. Pray together as a family. Pray together as husband and wife. Pray with your children. Teach your children how to pray. Read the Bible together. Study scripture together. Worship together do things together it saddens me how much i see how much the family is being separated separated from school separated from activities separated from uh from from school sports whatever the case may be we as a culture are being so separated and that's why our culture and our society and our world is becoming not good it's because we're separating from each other we're separating from the created order so that's my encouragement for you is to is to believe in this order believe in the fact that you were given the gender the the role the the life that you were given for a reason you are put on this earth you living and breathing today is not an accident it is a gift so use it 
Use it for the better of your life. Use it for the better of the life of your family. But most importantly, live it for the better of your relationship with Jesus Christ and his church, the church. I want to thank all my listeners today and thank you guys so much for the love and support that I get on this podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel. Have a blessed day. Be safe and make good choices.